The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, valiant fighter for truth and justice, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, possessed of physical powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who champions the weak and the oppressed in his guise of Clark Kent, star reporter for the Daily Planet. With Major Evans Dover, noted explorer and archaeologist, and his pilot Jack Corboy, Clark Kent flew down to the ruins of an ancient Mayan city in the heart of the Central American jungle on an exploring trip. But after a native high priest had attempted to kill the Major, Kent learned that the real purpose of the expedition was to obtain the remains of the goddess Ashta, a mummy hundreds of years old, but reputed to have the appearance of a living woman who is only asleep. Then Dover was captured by the high priest, Kimado, and Kent, assuming the blue costume and red cape of Superman, fought his way to the dungeon where the explorer was imprisoned. An escape seemed cut off. A section of the dungeon wall swung out, and a shadowy figure beckoned. But Dover refused to enter the secret passageway, fearing a trap. As our story continues today, Kent and the Major are still hesitating, in spite of the fact that a horde of natives intent upon the death of the two white men are swarming down on them along the underground corridors. Listen. We've got to take a chance on that secret door, Major. We're doomed if we don't. Come on. Who's that, Kent? It's me, and I'm trying to help you. Quick now. Get someone friendly. Come on, Major. Right. We never get the please, mate. Another half minute and they'd have had your boat, they would. Who are you? Where did you come from? Shut your ear until we get going. Mind your step now and follow me. Where are you taking us? It's me up in the village, I hopes. We'll be all right as long as we're in this blooming secret tunnel. But we'll have to look sharp when we leave it. Yeah. You wanted to know who I am and where I come from, eh? That's right. Well, my name's Albert Andrew Wennington Kempson, called Bert. I hails from merry old England, I does. What are you doing down here in the jungle? Well, I'm most high counselor to his majesty, Chief Tasso. As <laughs> you like that one. Counselor to Tasso since when? Eleven years, maybe. Wait a minute, Kent. I knew this was a trick. A trick? Yes, this man were lying. If he'd been down here eleven years, I would have seen him or known about him when I was here before. Oh, no, you wouldn't, Arthur. When he was digging among the ruins before, I kept out of sight in the act next to the chiefs. Why? Because I'm a deserter from His Majesty's Navy. Well, I keeps undercover when those strangers are there. Oh. Is that easier, mind, Major Dover? I don't even know your name, Major. <laughs> you know, right, I does. 
Come on, Ned. He's got Harry if they're going to beat Kimardo and he's going to cut throats the exit of this channel. How did you know that in the dungeon? It's old birdie's business to know everything what goes on around the village and the ruins. So how did I counsel his eyes, the chief? Did you know Kimardo tried to kill us before? Of course I did. So I says to myself, I says, says I, if you want them blokes to help you, Bertie, you'd better off do it. So here I am, and here you are, and away we go. Help you? In what way? Chief Kesso needs the open hands and the willing hearts of a couple of brazers like you. He's got a problem, yes. What kind of a problem? A little squad to settle with your bloodthirsty friend, Kimardo. And seeing as how you got when to settle too, I thought we might join forces. <laughs> In that case, you can count on Kent and myself. Well, what do you want us to do? All in good time, Major. Right now, we've got to get out of this with our old skin. What's the matter? She's at least we had done that, and his mate is outside. How do you know? Can you hear that either? That's a signal that coming priest you Keep your mouth shut and don't move. What does that mean? Means the rest will be coming. We've got a fight on our hands. How many are there? Ain't no telling. They don't know how many we are, neither. Goodbye, they lads. Here they come. Oh, come on. Get out of here. We're going to ask him glory in the British Empire and Jesus. Oh, Dover. Major Dover. Hurt the Major's down. I can't help him. I've got the own hands full. There goes Bert. It's high time for Superman to take over. How do you like that? And that. And that. Oh, you think a knife can hurt Superman, do you? Well, try it. Are there any more of you? Well, looks like that's over. Now let's have a look at the Major and Bert. Now they're both out cold. I guess the only thing to do is carry them back to the village. Well, one under each arm. So. And there they are. Now to the exit. And up. Up. Pouring out over the jungle, red cape streaming in the wind, Superman heads for the village with the limp forms of Bert and Major Dover under each arm. Arriving at the native quarter, Superman carries his unconscious companions to Bert's hut. Bathing their cuts and bruises, he places them on sleeping mats and himself stretches out for a welcome rest. Early the following evening, Dover, Kent, and Bert, still in the latter's hut, are talking quietly. The thought gets me, Mr. Kent, is how you ever got away from that fighting mob evenings. It's a blooming miracle, it is. Well, you see, Bert, it wasn't nearly as difficult as it sounds. There were so many of them, and, and it was so dark that they soon got to fighting with one another, and I slipped away in the confusion, dragging you two out with me. <laughs> you got your pokes in regular, always, yes. I guess I must have gone down right at the beginning. Yes, you did, Major. And then Bert went out. And as for me, I, I was just lucky. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was knowing how to angry your dukes. Anyhow... You are the lads for Chief Tesso. He never did tell us what Tesso wants done, Bert. That's <laughs> right. Well, in a nutshell, he wants to put that squad Kimado out of business. 
You're talking to the wrong people if you mean murder. Who said anything about murder? All Tesso wants is to whittle him down to boy's size. Kimado's not too powerful for the chief's liking. Well, that's different. You see, they've been fighting to get the best of each other for years. About two years ago, it looked like Tesso had the high priest lashed to the mask. And then he pulled a blooming rabbit right out of the air. How do you mean? Performed the miracle he did. What? Seen it with your own eyes. What sort of a miracle? Well, at a religious ceremony in the temple of Ashton. The temple of the god of Ashton? All right. Well, sir, Kimado, he resurrected the mummy of the goddess, which all these blokes worships. He made her rise up from her couch where she'd laid for centuries. And blimey, by she of beauty. But such a thing is impossible, man. That's what I said to myself. But he done it. And since then, Kimado's been the number one bloat of the tribe. I don't believe it, Bert. You don't, I? Well, you just wait here half a mo. And I'll see if Casso's in his act. He can tell you the same thing. You wait right here, see? Can you take true? But how can such a thing be true, Major? I don't know, but it is. You've heard this amazing tale from an eyewitness, Kent. It's incredible. We've got to find out from Bert where the temple is. Once we know that, the battle's half won. What's happened so far, I'd say that when we find out where the temple is, the battle's only begun. We've got to be careful not to arouse any suspicions in Bert's mind about what they're after. Right. He's a tough-looking customer. And if you've been down here for 11 years, you'll be on the side of the chief. I'll let you do most of the talking. You can convince him. Right. Hey, old Cassie's gone somewhere. I couldn't find him. But he'll tell you escape when you see him. Where is this temple of Ashtar, Bert? Never heard about it when I was down here before. Mm, you wouldn't. It's sacred to the natives, and I guess I'm the only white man what's ever been near it, let alone in it. How does that happen? Well, you see, I was adopted like by the tribe. And besides being Tesso's right-hand man, so to speak, where he goes, I goes. I'd certainly like to see that temple of Ashton. From what you said, I suppose that's impossible. No, it ain't, anything. You see, what Tesso wants from you is help in solving the mystery of Gimardo's miracles. And to do that, I've got to get you two inside the temple. Really? You really get it in? Sure. You see, the temple Ashka is built on a blooming island, surrounded by a lake in the middle of the jungle. Oh, then the temple isn't among the other ruins. <laughs> right, you know. Entirely away from them. And you'd never be able to find it unless you was guided there. And even then, you'd never be able to get across the lake. Why not? Because the lake's filled with hundreds of man-eating crocodiles, that's why. Crocodiles? How do the natives get to the temple for the ceremonials? There's a road leading from the shore to the temple, but it can only be used when the lake's half drained. And the only ones who know how to drain the blooming lake's the high priest and his assistants. You mean the state castle the chief doesn't know? Well, now, where you two comes in is to get to the temple somehow and find out first how his nibs draws off the water. Then you got to have a look at the goddess. That's a man-sized order, Bert. You strike me if it ain't. I can't do it alone, but with you two, spoke me, I think it can be managed. But it won't be no child's play, and there's plenty of danger. Well, I'm for lending a hand. How about you, Kent? You bet. <laughs> it's the spirit, me boys, and you won't be sorry. Because I promise you, old Tesso will give you a free hand with Kimardo's treasure chest. Why, you never seen so much gold and so many gleaming diamonds and rubies and... me, what's that? Those were shots from an automatic. It's cowboy shooting. Something's wrong. 
Good head, the doorway here. The sky's all red. Oh, good heavens, Kent, that goes from the river bank where the plane is moored. Are you sure? Yes. Cowboy's either trying to come and help or he's being attacked. Come on, lads, and we'll see what's happening. Major, if anything happens to the plane, how will we ever leave this place? We never will, Kent. Never. Just when it seems that Clark Kent and Major Dover are on the road to the discovery of the amazing secret of the goddess Ashta, a new menace appears. What is happening to Corboy and the Major's plane? Without which they cannot escape to civilization alive. Tune in next time and follow this exciting story of perilous jungle adventure with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loop Crate, the Loop Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loop Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Now, Superman, valiant fighter for truth and justice who came to Earth from the planet Krypton. Superman, who can travel faster than a rocket, leap tall buildings, bend giant steel girders with his bare hands, and who goes about among men disguised as mild-mannered Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. Kent, who joined the flying expedition of Major Evans Dover to the Central American jungle as a vacation trip, has finally found that the expedition is not for the purpose of uncovering further Mayan ruins. Major Evans confessed to Kent that his true purpose is to obtain the remains of the goddess Ashta, a sacred mummy hundreds of years old, but said to have retained the appearance of a living woman who is only asleep. Three times Kamado, high priest of the tribe which worships the goddess Ashta, has tried to do away with the two white men. The last time they were rescued from an underground temple dungeon by a cockney deserter from the British Navy who acted as counselor to Tasso, the tribal chief. Bert, as the cockney calls himself, then asked Major Dover and Kent to help Chief Tasso oust the high priest Tamato from power. This they quickly agreed to do when Bert told them that in return, 
he would lead them to the secret temple of the goddess Ashka. While discussing the plan in First Village Hut, gunshots were heard, and the three rushed out to discover that the major plane was apparently on fire. We join them now. They are starting for the river where the plane is moored. Listen. Thank you, Dover. You go on with Bert. What are you going to do, Kent? I'll try to get some natives to help us. All right, but for heaven's sake, honey. If our plane is destroyed, we'll never get out of this place alive. Okay. I'll join you in a few minutes. Those two out of sight, Superman can make better speed than Clark Kent ever could. And speed is important now. Up, up, and away. Faster. I'll need a few minutes to work in before Dover and Bert get to the river. Ah, there's the river. Great Scott. Plane isn't on fire at all. It's surrounded by a circle of flames. Corvoy must have set that fire himself to keep the natives away from the plane. Ah, and there he is, lying on the wing, unconscious. Faster. Faster. Through these flames, they can't burn Superman. Here we are. Poor Corvoy must have been knocked out by a spear. Here, carry him into the cabin and get this plane up before the flames set it on fire. Uh oh. He's coming through. Better change back to Clark Kent. Who, who, what? Take it easy, Corboy. In we go. Kent, oh, my head. Where'd you come from? Where's Major Dope? Never mind that now. Can you handle these controls? Oh, hang it. I've twisted my arm. Kent, I set that fire in the water to save the ship, and now it's going to burn it up. Not if I can prevent it. Where's the starter? That button there below the bank and turn indicator. Good. What are you going to do? You can't fire the ship, man. Oh, yes, I can. You'll help me with your one good hand. Let's shoot right through that break there in the plane. Okay, kid. It's your game, I am. Let's go. Right. We'd make it for a minute. If this ship had really caught on fire, we'd have been gone. We sure would. Hey, what are we going to do now? Well, we'll just fly, fly around a bit until those gasoline flames on the water burn themselves out. Well, hey, what on earth happened? Uh, a bunch of natives were after me. Some of the high priest's men, I think. What had you done to them? Why should they want to attack you? I don't know. I was just doing a little exploring in the jungle near the river. Looking for anything in particular? No, just wanted some exercise. Anyhow, all of a sudden, I came to a sort of clearing. What do you think I saw? Not the temple of the goddess Ashta. Oh, no, I think that's a myth. What I saw definitely wasn't a myth. It was the wreckage of an airplane. Of an airplane? Yes, sir. I started looking over, but before I could get anywhere, a bunch of natives came leaping through the brush, brandishing spears and shrieking like mad. I wonder what brought that on. I don't know, and I didn't wait to find out. I beat it down the river and paddled back to the plane. Then when I saw another bunch of wild-eyed natives coming after me, I got some cans of gas and dumped it on the water around the ship. And then set fire to it. Swell idea. Yeah, but it nearly didn't work. As I climbed back on the wing and started shooting to signal you and Major Dover, a flock of spears came flying through the air, and one of them must have knocked me out. Something mighty queer about all this. I'd like to get a look at that wrecked plane, poor boy. I bet there's a good story behind it. Now, don't let any of the natives catch you around it, Kent. They must regard it as a sacred relic or some such thing, the way they went after me. Look, Corboy. Yeah? Isn't that Major Dover down there on the riverbank? Sure is. Old Chief Tassel's with him. Say, it's like he's making signs at the natives in the war canoe. Well, that's right. They're all starting for the shore. Hey, wait a minute. There's another white man with Major Evans and Tassel. Oh, that's Bert. He rescued the Major and me from a gang of commando priests who had us cornered in the temple chamber. 
He's a cockney, deserter from the British Navy, and now a right-hand man to Chief Tasso. Sounds like an interesting character. Yeah. Look, the fire's burned itself out. Huh? Guess we can win for a landing, huh? Okay. Give me a hand again. Easy now. That's well. Kent, you're not a bad pilot. Thanks, Corboy. Oh, say, I'll ask Bert about that wrecked plane. He'll know something about it. Well, let me know the first chance you get. Oh, aren't you coming ashore? Oh, no, not me. Stuck my neck out once, and that's enough. From now on, I'm going to stay right with this ship. Hey, look, look. We, we drifted right up ashore. Oh, good. I'll take it back to midstream after I jump ashore. I'll ask Chief Tasso to put some of his own guards on the bank to watch the plane and see that the high priest's men don't bother you. That'll be swell. And, uh, thanks a lot, fella, for pulling me out of a safe spot. Oh, forget it. See you later. Yes, he's taxiing back to midstream. Oh, I just wanted to know if he's all right. Yes, he's all right. Hey, what's happening here? Why, some of the natives attacked Corboy. What was the idea of that, Chief? Not Tasso's men. Tasso didn't have nothing about it, he didn't. That's right, Kent. Tasso joined us as we ran through the village. Oh. He was the one who ordered the war canoes back to the bank. What in heaven's name happened? I'll tell you about that later. First, I've got a question to ask. Bert, do you or Tasso know anything about a wrecked plane around here? Wrecked plane? Yes. What are you talking about, Kent? Well, Corboy has discovered the wreckage of a plane hidden in the jungle near the river. Oh, that one. Dear Acoutius, Bird, Tasso. Ah, Lord, me, that fell a couple of years ago, mate. Well, what happened to the pilot? Was he killed in the crash? Oh, straight me, he was never found. I was up the river when it happened. But Tasso was here. And no come out, Island Bird. And he means the pilot wasn't in the plane. The blighter must have jumped out when he started to fall, landed in the jungle somewhere, and croaked. Oh, that's possible. But why should Kimato's men try to kill Corboy because he was looking at the wreckage? Mm, you got me there, boy. <laughs> you got something more important to talk about in a blinking wreck, plane. Sonny, we're all going to that temple of the hatchet. We are? When? Tomorrow night. To be a conclave of the tribal council and the priest of the temple of Ashton. Yes, and of course, Tasso and his faithful birdies got to go. But I don't see how. Bert we... says the lake of the crocodiles will be drained enough so the road can be used. Oh. Yes, and you two lads will cross over to the temple as nice as you please. But won't the road be guarded? Of course it will be. I got a plan I have. Yes? When the moon comes up, you'll. Bert, isn't that can no longer pass from the village? What? Strike me, delight. You blokes go back to your camp. And I'll visit you tomorrow to tell you what's to be done. Right. And your keeps of liver I had for any Kimado's men who might be prowling around. Don't worry. We won't. The following night, huddled in the jungle shadows at the edge of the clearing which surrounds the Lake of the Crocodiles in the Temple of Ashka, Major Dover, Clark Kent, Chief Tasso, listen attentively while Bert the Cockney whispers final instructions. Mind white what I'm not telling of yet. I'll pass the guard at this end of the road and cross over. Yes. Then, when I'm well on my way, Tessa will start. Lead it up to the guard, you'll knock the blighter out. Then you two comes on the double. Right? From there on, it's easy sailing until he gets in the temple. There won't there be any guard at the entrance of the temple, Bert? He'll be inside. And Mr. Kent and I will take care of him when he gets over. All right. Here I go. Mine with my children. Do you think it's going to work, Tessel? Look. White guide, past guard. Me go now. Get ready. Tessel, Tessel. Suppose you can't do a power up guard. 
Shall we come out and help you? That's all need no help. Instantly, we really fixed things. I wonder. You know, Major, this whole thing looks too smooth for me. You mean you think we're being double-crossed? No, not exactly that, but... Look, Major, I'm going to play a hunch. What are you talking about? What are you going to do? Tesso's almost up to the guard now. When he sucks him, you go ahead without me. Then what will you do? I... Uh, I can't stop to tell you now. Look, Tesso's knocked the guard out. Get going. But can you... You've got to trust me, Major. Now go on, please. I, I'll follow in a few minutes. The road could be unguarded, and I can make it all right. What will I tell Tesla and Bert? Tell him anything that comes to your mind, but hurry, man, hurry. Well, all right. Where other white man? He, he hurt himself. Said for us to go on. Other white man, Fred. We go. Did Bert get across, Tesla? He go in Denver. Tesla. Tessel, look. Look at the water. What white chief see? It's rising, Tessel. The leaf's filling up again. Ah, uh, trap us. Kent was right. We've been double-crossed. Kent! 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 Help! Help! Kent and Chief Tessel were trapped in the middle of the Lake of the Crocodiles that surrounds the temple of the goddess Ashton. Slowly but surely, the water is rising, and the ugly black snouts of the man-eating monsters push through the water toward the narrow road which will be covered before Dover and Tassel can reach the land ahead or behind. And where is Kent? What is he doing? Only Superman can save these two, yet Kent cannot reveal his other identity to Dover. What will happen? Tune in next time and follow this exciting story of perilous jungle adventure with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Setting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed. Superman, who travels with the speed of light, but who walks about among human beings disguised as mild-mannered Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. At the moment, Kent and Major Evans Dover, noted archaeologist, and his pilot, Jack Corboy, are deep in the heart of the Central American jungle, searching for the remains of the goddess Ashka, a sacred Mayan mummy hundreds of years old, that is rumored to have retained the appearance of a living woman who is only asleep. Bert, a cocky deserter from the British Navy who is advisor to Tasso, the tribal chief, has promised Kent and Dover to lead them to the secret temple of Ashka, where the sacred mummy lies. A temple ruled over by Kamado, the villainous high priest. When we last saw them, Kent, Major Dover, and Chief Castle were setting out to cross to the temple by a road running through the half-drained lake of the crocodiles which surrounds the temple of Ashtel. At the last moment, however, Kent told the Major to go on without him, insisting that he was playing a hunch. A few minutes later, when Castle and Dover were halfway across the lake, it started filling up, and they seemed doomed to a terrible death. As our story opens today... 
We joined Kent, who was changed to Superman. Us was in the jungle under us, watching Dover start on the narrow path to join Chief Castle for the journey across the lake of the crocodile. Suppose Dover thinks I'm afraid to go with him to the temple. But it can't be helped. Superman has some checking up to do first. It shouldn't take but a few minutes. Up! Up! And away! Now, over the jungle to locate that wrecked plane Corboy saw. There isn't much time. Faster! Faster! Ah, there it is. Now, down! See if I can find any identifying marks. I'll just lift this wing up. By George, my hunch was right. It's the plane I thought it was. Ah, now, back to the village to check on one thing more. Up, up, and away! Faster, faster, there's no time to lose. I've got to get back to the temple before Dover and Castle and Bert enter it. Ah, now, there's the village. Down, down. the right hut. I hope there's no one inside. In we go. Uh, uh, oh, so we did leave a guard, eh? Drop uh, that spear. Come on. Come. Fool, spears can't hurt me. Uh, come on. Okay, if you want to fight. Uh, now, do you want some more? Uh, uh, All right, then get up. We go. We go. Oh, and bring some more natives? Oh, no, you don't. Where's the key to that chest in the corner there? Key? Key? No understanding. All right, I'll break the chest open with my hand. There. Now, let's see. Ah, here we are. Just what I was looking for. Flying helmet, goggles, gloves. But where's the... Uh, wait. Sounds like Dover calling for help. Unless my super hearing deceives me, Dover and Tatsu are in danger. No time to search further. I must get to them. Up, up, and away! There they are. Great Scott, they're on the road leading across the lake of the crocodiles, and the lake's filling up. Faster, faster, I've got to save them. With the speed of light, Superman streaks about the jungle for the Temple of Ashton. With his super sight, he spots a native within the temple working with the lever. Crashing through the temple walls, the man of steel claws his way to the native. Hurling him away from the lever, Superman reverses it violently. Suddenly, the beast-infested waters of the lake of the crocodiles stop rising. Then they begin to recede. Watching for a moment to be sure that Dover and Chief Castle can continue on to the temple in safety, Superman streaks out of the temple. Presently, he emerges from the jungle underbrush on the opposite side as Clark Kent and runs swiftly across the sunken road to join Major Dover and Castle. Oh, oh! I was afraid you'd you'd get in the temple before I got here, Kent. Where in heaven's name have you been, Major? I thought I heard some natives moving around back of us when we were at the edge of the clearing. And I, I wanted to investigate. White man, see my tribesmen? No. No, I guess I was mistaken. But, Major, why, why were you calling for help? Kent, Casper and I came within an ace of being devoured by the crocodiles. Great heavens. What happened? When the chief and I got halfway across the lake, it started to fill up. Well, what did you do? Just as the level of the water rose to the edge of the road... The crocodiles were beginning to snap their awful jaws. It stopped. And then began to drop. Oh. I wonder what caused that. I don't know. Such a thought Kamado had trapped us. It couldn't have been that. Kamado tried to kill Tasso and White Chief. Where's Bert? I don't know. 
Seems to have disappeared. I bade him in temple. We go. Well, wait a minute, Tasso. Suppose we run into more guards. Safe entrance. Secret tunnel to inner temple. No guards. Well, I hope you're right, Chief. You know the way, Tasso. We'd better go first. Ah. We're going to see the goddess at last. I hope we are. But we're not in that inner temple yet. But we were... What's the matter? Yes, it's stopped. Someone's coming. Coming. Jordan. Then you can speak. It's good. Come on. Come on. The way's cleared. The mud hole's in temple. Kimado. Why, of course, there's no. The mud hole's all white man with us. No, Kimado hasn't an idea that you blokes is anywhere around. Now then, it's Shabon. I'll lead the way. Now, first of all, I want to show you the exit from in Florida. Where? Where is she, Bert? You're the inner temple. You never saw a sight like it before, I'll wager. Lord, let me. The King of England ain't got such a place. Too bad we haven't had a camera with us. Mind these turns along here. How far do we have to go before? This is Kendrick. Good Lord. What was that? Sounded like rocks crashing down. Tato, Bert. What's wrong? Come here, quick. Call Bert. Go call me. Major, the whole tunnel's caved in behind us. Uh, it's completely blocked. Where's Bert? I don't know. I called him, but he must have been around some of the turns in the tunnel. Because he hasn't answered. We'd better hurry and catch him, then. Major, go, Bert. There's another cave in. It's up ahead this time. That means we're trapped in this tunnel. Tato, are there any other ways out? No, no. Oh, Bert. That cave in ahead must have buried him alive. Look. We've got to dig ourselves out of here some way. The air in this place won't last an hour. We die. Oh, no, we won't. We'll get out of this some way. It's over. You and Tasso go back and see if there's any chance of breaking through the cave and in back of us. What are you going to do? I'm going up ahead and see what that one looks like. But we've got to work fast. Get going. Right. Well, I'm afraid it's a hope of Well, they're working on that rear cave in. You can't see me up here, and Superman can go to work on the front one. I wonder if it did catch a bird, or if... Oh, boy, what a massive rock. This will be a job. One cave-in could have been an accident, but two... That's deliberate. Ah, this was a big one. Now we're getting someplace. Ah, I'm through. A few more rocks out of the way, and there'll be room enough for us to crawl through. Now to call Dover and Tassel. Major Dover! Major Dover! What is it, Kent? You and Tassel, come on. Never mind the other cave-in. I've broken through this one. An opening. How on earth did you do it? And those two big rocks must have jammed and formed some sort of a bridge which held back the rest of the big rocks. It wasn't hard at all to loosen them. What about Bert? Well, he must have just escaped it. All right, let's crawl through. Why? Right. the end of the tunnel. In our temple. Two door there. In the inner temple. Go go, you never stand. You're watching the track? You escaped then. Thinking I'm the fell into the coast behind me. Near to walk the seat of its ends. Spoke me, I thought it was done for. God be praised, dear Leah. Yes, we were very lucky. Come on then, the artist. Never look at her highness. The goddess has in the throne room. Here. Here. It's unbelievable. Did you ever see such a fall? No. No, I never did. Silver and gold, and the roses, and the hangings is thought well made of pure gold. There's a king's ransom, ten times over in this place there is. Bert, 
Where's the conclave of the tribal council and the priests? I thought it was being held in here. What? Oh, no. They're chewing the cat in the room about this one. That's only's going up there as soon as we hide you and the major. Uh, uh, Bert, where is the goddess Ashton? On her couch behind the names. Come on over and I'll show it to you. Bert, you said something about hiding us. That's right, mate. I've got a nice little hiding place for you. Until after the Iron Mighty Max has left the temple. And a big work for you, Stickers. Pull back the engines, Tesso, and show the lads a sight. Kenny, Kenny, look. Quite boxing. Go ahead, wait. That isn't a mummy, and you know it. Major Dover, listen. I told you there was something fishy about this. Ken, what's The floor is giving way! Falling out from under us! What happened to Kevin Dover and Castro as they gazed at the amazing mummy of the goddess Ashton? Is this the scheming Tomato's final effort to finish off the two white men and Tasso as well? And what is the secret of the goddess Ashton? What strange sorcery made the eyelids of the centuries-old princess seem to flutter? What is the fate of Dover and Kent? Tune in next time for the thrilling climax of this exciting story of perilous jungle adventure with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton before it was destroyed by quakes and fire. Superman, faster than a bullet speeding to its target. Stronger than the fabled Samson, who goes about his daily tasks on Earth disguised as mild-mannered Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. When we last saw them, Kent and Major Dover, on an excavation trip among the Mayan ruins of Central America, had gotten their first glimpse of what they were told was the centuries-old Mayan goddess Ashta, who appeared to be to their startled eyes nearly a beautiful girl asleep. Then as they crowded close to the couch upon which Ashta was lying, her eyelids began to flutter. When Kent turned toward Bert, the Cockney advisor to Chief Tasso, with an accusation on his lips, the floor suddenly gave way, and Kent, Dover, and Chief Tasso were plunged into the blackness below. As we continue our story today, a few minutes have elapsed. In a room adjoining the ceremonial hall, Tomato, the murderous high priest, resplendent in his robes and headdress of office, is hastily transferring piles of precious stones and gold images into several open chests. Suddenly, the door of the room creaks open. Listen. 
The hell's all finished in jungle, Commander Miyazaki. You can take off that headdress now. They won't be coming around. You are for sure, amigo. These Canton Dover have escaped our traps before. They won't this time. They're in the room below the altar, and there's nothing but solid walls around them. Why not? We are ready to get going. I have waited a long time for this moment. You've done a blooming good job, too, Kimardo. Now then, you got the jewels all stowed? Yes, yes. Good. Out of the ceremonial, we'll cart the chest down to the river and load them aboard Dover's plane. How you do this thing, amigo? I'll send a native out to the pilot with a message that Dover wants him. When he comes ashore, he's conked. Si. And how are we going to get the senorita to the plane? That's good, sir. He ain't going with us, Gimardo. And why not? We can't be bothered with no feminine. We'll let her come away and leave her here. The natives will think their goddess has come to life and she can live like a blooming queen. But I have other plans, my friend. Well, what do you mean, other plans? When Gimardo gets to Mexico... The beautiful goddess will become his wife. Oh, well, no, she won't be, Arthur. She goes free, and Albert Andrew Wellington Plimpson's just a bloke to see that she does. And I say she will be my wife. I have fallen in love with her, and when we go, she is mine. Not a chance, I say, maybe. So, maybe these will have convinced you. Put that knife away, you swine. Can she go with me? No. Well, now, are you like a beast, then? Yes, sir, you might have grabbed me, but you're ungrateful. Well, it's your life or mine. Let her that knife. Oh, no. Let it go. Oh, no. Now, then, I'll show you. No, let it go. Oh, no. Now, then, I'll lay you out for a while, and I'll settle with you later. Now, then, I got work to do. Who's there? What do you want? Open that door, Bert. Who's calling my name? Oh, bless my soul, who are you? What's that costume you're wearing? Where did you come from? Never mind who I am. And what you used to break down that door with? My bare hands, Bert. Oh, yes? <laughs> Let's see what you can do against a real man, me arty. Ow! Ow! Go on, minute. What are you made of? Stone? Never mind that, you dirty double-crosser. Come here. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to turn you over to the natives, and they can do what they please with you. No, no. I won't go, do you? Get away from me! Keep back, I tell you. Keep back, or I will... You what? What will you do? All right. I'll give in. The game's up. The game was up before this. I know the trick of your fake goddess. Oh, it does, does it? How could you know that? I had a look at that wrecked plane in the jungle, and I could still make out the white rose insignia of the lost round-the-world flyer, Betty Chase. She's your goddess, Ashta. You're right. That's who she is. How did you work it, Bert? How did you manage to palm off Betty Chase as the goddess Ashta for two years? Oh, I suppose I might as well tell you. Seeing as how I can't lick you. That's right. I'm sorry, Bert, but... Ah, don't waste your sympathy on me. I hate you for spoiling me little game. And we ain't quit yet. All right, Bert. But tell me about Betty Chase. Did you use some secret embalming fluid to preserve her body? Eh, yeah, she ain't dead, you swab. What? For two years, she'd been kept in a state of suspended animation with some herbs the high priest had and guarded by native women. They fed it to her twice a day. But heavens, man, you mean she didn't die when her plane crashed? Nah. Me and Kimado rescued her. So you and the high priest were partners, eh? Partners? Why, the blight of an escaped convict from New Guinea. I picked him out of the river six years ago then knocked off the real native high priest and put Kimado in his place. With an headdress on, he fooled them all, he did. A fine pair you two made. Well, we did all right till you come. 
Anyway, Kimado and me was coming through the jungle one day when a plane flying overhead suddenly crashed in. Thank you, Christ, Lee Jones. She's nearly fallen. He's standing here in the clearing. Come on, Kimado. Oh, lummy, old cracker. It's a pilot over here in these brass. Uh, come on. Well, sorry, thank you, gentlemen. Oh, dear. Beautiful, senorita. Yes, and she ain't dead, Kimado. I ain't even scratched yet. That's got the blooming wind knocked out on her. Amigo. Amigo, I have wonderful plan. Yes, what? For a long time ago, I have discovered a herb which keep people asleep but do not harm them. Well, what of it? The senorita. We take her to the temple and give her this herb. Then we hide Ashta's mummy and put the senorita in her place. We tell the natives we have resurrected Ashta, and then they think we have performed miracles. Oh, well, let me keep mother. You're a blooming genius, you are. Then we have supreme power over these natives. We get the gold and treasure, and with the time she's come... With a moose. <laughs> right as rain, him out of me, Arty. Come, eat her up. You carry her back to the fence. How'd you like that, Christine? It's unbelievable. Yeah, but that ain't all. I'll have the last laugh on you yet. What do you mean? You'll never get out of this place alive. The blooming natives will kill you when they find you violated the sacred temple. I'll take a chance on that. Yes? Well, what are you going to do in what's coming? Where? Look, through that door. Look, come back here, Bert. You can't get away from... Bert! Bert! Heavens, he's fallen that night. Oh, too bad. Gone, poor fellow. Well, perhaps it's better that way. Good heavens. That must be Betty Chase in the ceremonial hall. She's come, too. I'll have to get to her before she tries to get out of the temple. I must change back to Clark Kent. Help! Help! Miss Chase! Miss Chase, it's all right. Where am I? Who are you? I'm Clark Kent, a friend, believe me. I never saw you before. What am I doing in this... Look, Miss Chase, you've been through a horrible experience, but I can't stop to explain it all now. We've got to get out of here. We're in terrible danger. Will you trust me, please? This is some horrible nightmare, but... But I'll trust you. Kent! Kent, where are you? The temple is got... Good heavens, Kent. The goddess Ashton. Am I crazy? Major... This is Betty Chase, the round-the-world flyer who disappeared two years ago. She was kept in a state of suspended animation and substituted for the mummy of Ashta. Look, Ken, this is no time for tricks or jokes. The natives have surrounded the temple, and they're out of control. They're dragging trees to the shore of the lake so they can get across. Who is this? I really am Betty Chase. But... Where is Tasso, Major? He's outside trying to pacify the tribe, but it's no go. Major, listen to me. Take Miss Chase and go up to the roof of the temple. Now, don't stop to ask why. There's only one chance of saving your lives. And it's going to take a lot of courage, but you can do it. Now go and wait there. Right, Kent. Come on, Miss Chase. Kent, changing to Superman, flies with the speed of light out of the temple into the Major's plane. He drops down to the river and, changing back to Kent, climbs aboard the ship. And while a pilot gets the plane started, Kent attaches two rope ladders to the wings. Then the plane roars up from the river, the two ladders dangling below it, and heads for the Temple of Ashka. your landing lights on, Jack? Yeah, but man alive, it's going to be some trick for the Major and Miss Chase to grab those rope ladders when I fly over the temple. I know, I know. Throttle the ship down to its lowest flying speed, and I think they can make it. Look, Kent, look. What? There they are on the temple roof. Yes. And they see us. Look. Dover's clasping his hands at us. 
He knows what they're to do. I low enough for the ladder to drag on the roof? Just right, Jack. Easy. Easy. Now! safe and comfortable in the plane, Miss Chase. You you must be happy to be on your way back to America. I am very happy. But tell me, Mr. Kent, how on earth did you and Major Dover happen to be here in Central America? Well, it's this way, Miss Chase. I flew down with Major Dover on my vacation. And so the expedition of Major Dover and Clark Kent turned out to be highly successful. They found the fabulous goddess Ashta, discovered she was Betty Chase, lost flyer, and brought her back to the United States. And Clark Kent scooped the world with his sensational story of finding the vanished round-the-world woman flyer. But even as the plane wings its way back to civilization, a far more dangerous adventure is waiting for the star news reporter of the Daily Planet. Tune in next time and follow the amazing exploits of Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Setting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman!
And now, Superman, mighty visitor from another world, who came to Earth when the planet Krypton was destroyed by quakes and explosions. Superman, who can twist steel in his bare hands, race a speeding bullet to a target, and walked among human beings disguised as Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. As our story opens, Kent has been called into editor Perry White's private office. White has another visitor with him, a little silver-bearded old man who is immediately introduced to Kent. Listen. Oh, come in, Kent. I want you to meet an old friend, Professor A.B. Thorpe. Professor, this is Clark Kent, my star reporter. Oh, I'm glad to know you, sir. How do you do, young man? Uh, sit down, Kent. Make yourself comfortable. Thank you. Now then, do you know anything about ichthyology? Ichthyology? No, I can't say that I do. Well, Professor Thorpe will explain. Well, to put it simply, Mr. Kent, ichthyology, as you probably know, is the study of fish. In my case, the deep sea variety. Now, oh, I... then you're the Professor Thorpe who's invented a new type of bathysphere, sort of a deep sea diving bell? Yes. Yes, I am. Well, that's why I called you in, Kent. The professor sails from Key West tomorrow to the island of San Monica in the Caribbean Sea. He's going to do research on the tropical marine life in those waters. And you want me to get a feature story in the expedition? Well, I'm more interested in the bathysphere itself. From what I hear, there's nothing like it in the whole world. Oh, now you're exaggerating, Perry. But it, uh, it does contain a few new ideas. Suppose you tell Ken about it right now, Professor. Well, and take uh, notes from the story as you talk. Yes, uh, what's it like, sir? What are the new features you've invented? Well, for one thing, my bathysphere allows men great freedom of movement at the very bottom of the sea. Uh-huh. Just imagine a fully equipped scientific laboratory at the ocean bed. Mm. Equipped with a system of safety doors allowing divers to walk right out onto the floor of the ocean. Deeper than man has gone this. I see. About how far down can you go with your bathysphere? Oh, easily a quarter of a mile. Hey, that's pretty good. The bathysphere is my life's work, Mr. Kent. And it represents a life savings. If anything should ever happen to it, I... I don't know I'd ever manage to build another. Uh, excuse me, Professor. Really? Said it asked White. Oh, hello, Sloan. What is it? What? You don't say. Left Key West this morning. Well, that's impossible. Telephone back for confirmation. You've already done that, and the story is confirmed. Oh. Professor, I, I've got bad news for you. Uh, what is it, Perry? I heard you say something about Key West. That's where my ship, Juanita, is docked. You mean that's where your ship was docked? Well, what happened, Mr. White? Why, why do you say that, Perry? Why, what, what do you mean? That telephone call was from Sloan, yes. our teletype editor. We just received word on our news ticker that your ship sailed from Key West a few hours ago. The one he just sailed? Well, that's impossible. It can't be. There's some mistake. There's no mistake. We have a confirmation from the Key West Authority. But we were scheduled to leave until tomorrow. The one he couldn't leave without me. Where, where could she have gone? Don't you have any idea, Professor? Well, Mr. Kent, I... I don't know how to this. I don't know what to say. The battlefield on board, all our equipment, all my private papers and charts. Mr. White, that ship has been stolen. You're right. Mm -hmm. I'll notify the Coast Guard. They'll stop her before she gets far. No, uh, no, please. Uh, I, uh, I, I won't have the police drawn in. Why not, Professor? I, uh, I, I don't want that sort of publicity. I, I couldn't stand it. Well, in that case, there's nothing we can do. Oh, yes, there is, Mr. White. I have an idea. What is it, Kent? Is the Daily Planet seaplane still moored in the bay? Yes. Well, let me take it and pilot Professor Thorpe to Key West. We could overtake the one either before she gets far out to sea. Mr. Kent, that's a life saver. It's the only solution. Now, please, Perry, 
My dear. Well, it is my only chance to straighten this mess out without publicity. Perry, you, you have just got to help me. Oh, relax, Professor. Relax. Of course, I'll let you have the plane. Can we fly you down there immediately? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Perry. Thank you so much. Uh, come on, Miss Ken. Howard, because there's no time to lose. We must get underway at once. Are you sure, Professor? Oh, absolutely. We're sufficiently low to make out enough detail. Ship for recognition. Look there on the bridge. Uh, that must be Captain Maddox. Good. But that's a bandage on his head. He sees us. He's waving up at us. Ah, there, you see. I knew the ship wasn't stolen. I guess you're right. Well, we land. I'll put the plane down in the water close by. All right. Here we go. No danger, Professor. Just hold tight. Ah, well, here we are. Now we just wait here for your captain to send over a small boat to pick us up. Yes. And when I see him, he's going to get a piece of my mind. I want a complete explanation of this business. Yes, he has a lot of explaining to do. Uh, Kent, I think... Can you see what those sailors are doing at the ship's rail? Oh, Guess they're launching the small boat. I can. No. Great Scott, they, they've wheeled a gun up on oh, deck. What's that? A gun? Yeah, it's a small cannon. That... Why, so it. Oh, Professor Thorpe, it's being aimed straight at us. Look, you, you'd better stand up there near the motor in plain sight. Yell for them not to shoot. Oh, bless my soul, indeed I had. Captain Maddox, stop that. Don't fire. It's me, I, Professor Thorpe. Can't, can't they, they, they don't seem to hear me. All right, sir. They're getting ready to fire. They have fired. Oh. Well, Scott, they almost hit us. Well, they only missed us by a few feet. Did you see a splash in the water there? Yes, and they've reloaded for another shot. Get, Get down! Are they mad? Jump, Professor! Jump! Professor! Professor Thorpe! Why? Why, he hasn't come up. Scott, I hope he wasn't hit by that shell. Well, this is where Clark Kent gives way to Superman. And quickly. I'll have to work fast. Dive down after him. Here goes. <laughs> Down. Down faster. No time to lose for the life at stake. Where is he? It's hard to see through this murky water. I... Hold on. What's that? It looks like... Yes, it is. Professor Thorpe sinking to the bottom. He must have struck his head when he fell. Ah, got him. Now to bring him to the surface. Up! 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 I'm above the surface now. Thorpe's still unconscious. Fortunately, the coast is clear. Sailors are all on the other side of the ship where our plane went down. I'll have to take Thorpe on board. Up, up, and away! Kent. Hey, Kent. Professor, you all right? Yes, I... I suppose so. I saw a little, little water. But what happened, Kent? How did you get me on board? Well, after I found you in the water, I pulled you over to the side of the ship. I found a rope and brought you up here on deck. A little first aid treatment and... Huh? Here you are. I see. No, can't I? I'm grateful. Someone's coming this way. Yes. A man with a bandaged head wearing the captain's uniform. Yes. That's Captain Maddox. Maddox! Maddox! Come over here! Well, I'll be... Professor Thorpe. 
Were you on that seaplane I just sank? Yes, of course I was. Don't tell me you didn't recognize me. Word of honor, Professor. I'd never have shot at you if I had. You had no business firing on anyone, Maddox. And why did you report without me? Why, I was only following your instructions. My instructions? Confounded. What on earth are you talking about? Your telegram, sir, ordering me to sail from Key West without you. But I never... And to fire on any craft that tries to stop us. Maddox, now one of us is insane. I never sent you any such message. Well, I got it. Got it right here in my pocket. Can't I? I can't make head or tail of it. Just a moment, Professor. Captain, you say you've got the telegram handy? Sure have, sir. Here. Read it for yourself. Thank you. He's right, Professor. Listen to this. Well, well, what does he say? Captain Maddox, proceed to San Monacam without me. What? Strict orders to fire on any craft attempting to stop you. But I... We'll explain later. Signed, A.B. Thorpe. I never sent that telegram. Nobody sent it, sir. I got it. It's an outrage. It's a forgery of my name. Sorry, sir. I've got to get back to the bridge. Engine room's calling. All right. Keep right on your course, Maddox, and come to my cabin as soon as you get free for a moment. Wait a moment. What happened to your head? Why is it bandaged? Just a little accident, sir. Nothing serious. It looks serious, but you can tell me about it later. Come along, Kent. We'll go to my cabin. Okay, Professor. Hey, uh, what do you make of that telegram? I don't know, Kent. But it may mean that we're in protective trouble. Someone evidently trying to get hold of this boat. Well, who do you think it might be? I haven't the faintest idea. How about Maddox? Are you sure he's trustworthy? No question about it. He came to the highest recommendation. Well, Professor, I'm sure Maddox is mixed up in this. Why do you say that? Well, look at the evidence. Who took the ship out of port? Maddox. Who gave the orders to fire on us with murderous intent? Maddox again. His only explanation is the telegram he claims to have received. Well, isn't isn't that sufficient proof of his innocence? No, sir, it's not. He could have sent that telegram to himself. Kent, if you're correct, Maddox meant to kill us both. That's the way it adds up, Professor. Good heavens. Oh, there we are. This is my cabin. Oh. Yeah, come in, Kent. No. Hold on a moment. Kent, okay, what's the matter? It might be nothing at all, but... Listen to that sound, that, that tapping. Yes, it seems to be coming from beneath the floor. What's down there, Professor? The hold of the ship. Storing motors. Kent, you don't suppose... That tapping is a signal, Professor. I'm sure of it. Three short ones, three long ones, and three short ones, over and over again. Kent, that's the Morse code. Morse code for SOS. That means help. Come on, Professor. We've got to get down into the hold of that ship. Somebody needs help. Yes, yes, but who could it be? Well, that's what we've got to find out. Lead the way, Professor, quickly. Gathering mystery on board the Juanita. A frantic SOS for help. Who is the prisoner in the ship's hold? Will he reveal the sender of the telegram that almost caused the death of Professor Thorpe? Is Kent Wright? Is Captain Maddox the culprit? If so, why is he trying to seize the science ship? Into what grave dangers is the Juanita sailing? Listen in next time and follow the thrilling story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my precious.
Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, valiant fighter for truth and justice. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who walks about among men disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered news reporter. As you remember, Kent and Professor Thorpe from the Daily Planet Seaplane had flown in pursuit of Thorpe's ship, the Juanita, which they learned had sailed from Key West without the professor. When they found the ship, they were fired on by a cannon which had been wheeled up on deck. Professor Thorpe, unconscious, had been knocked into the sea. Kent, as Superman, had rescued the professor and brought him aboard the Juanita. Captain Maddox, his head bandaged, explained his strange behavior by producing a telegram apparently signed by Professor Thorpe, ordering him to sail at once and to fire on any craft that might attempt to stop him. Certain that the false message was sent by somebody who wanted to gain possession of the professor's precious bathysphere, a new type diving bell invented by Thorpe for a study of deep sea fish, Kent and the professor were in their cabin, discussing the peculiar events, and they heard a tapping from the ship's hold below deck. They identified it immediately as Morse code for SOS, help. As our story continues today, Kent and Thorpe were rushing down the companionway to find the sender of the urgent message. Listen. Kent, it's almost amazing to an event. Hurry, professor. No time to talk now. Do you think someone is clearly being held? Is there a hole? Well, we're not pretty soon. Let's hurry. Uh, here, here we are. Below deck. And they're quiet. Listen. Captain, you stopped. Oh, oh sure it is. What do we do? Oh. We have to look around quietly. If someone is being held prisoner down here, we, we don't want to let the wrong people know that we're wise. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We could have said to carry a hole. Hey, what's the matter with you, Kent? Hmm? What are you listening for? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all, Professor. Go on, you, uh, you take the forward end. Look among those boxes. And you? I'll look around here. All right, Kent. Call me. We'll find anything. All right. I just gave myself away that time. I was listening to something. Heavy, labored breathing. It seemed to be coming from behind that steel partition. 
Wonder if there's a door there. There is a steel bulkhead door, but it's locked. Time to bother looking for keys. I'll have to twist it apart. Now then. There, that did it. Twisted the hinges. Now to force it open. Great, Scott. A man on the floor, gagged, bound, and blindfolded. Better change back to Clark Kent and free him. All right, all right, take it easy, mister. I'll have you free in a moment. There you are. See you there? I sure do. Thanks, son. Thanks a lot. Are you the man who was tapping out that SOS? Yeah. How did you manage to do it? Oh, my feet. Nothing else I could use tied up like this. Hey, but who are you? Where did you come from? Hey, Joe. Did you find anything? Yes, right here, Professor. Bless my soul. Captain Melvin. That's me, all right, Professor. But but what are you doing down here out of uniform? Oh, who tied you up like this? Oh, darn if I know, but I'll soon find out. You may let it out, sir. Hey, Professor, this can't be Captain Maddox. We left Maddox on the bridge a few moments ago. Well, he had a bandage covering his head and face. Me? On the bridge with my face bandaged? Oh, no. I've been down here a night and a day, I reckon. What, what is this? Professor, are you certain this man is Captain Maddox? Of course it's Captain Maddox. But where's the man who spoke to on the bridge? The man with the bandage head. I'm beginning to see now, obviously, he's an imposter. That bandage was used as a disguise. Look here, Professor. You mind telling me what's going on here? And who is this young fellow? Captain, this is Clark Kent, the reporter. He's making the trip with us. How do you do, Captain? Uh, hi. Well, it's lucky we heard your signal on deck, isn't it? Uh, tell us how you got down here. Well, I was standing in the starboard deck last night when Sparks, the radio operator, came by. Yes? First thing I knew, someone slipped up behind me and cracked me on the head, and everything went black. I can't do it down here. Just up like a hole. Why, the scoundrel of that mutiny. This job appears to have been very cleverly planned. Go on, Captain. That's all there is to it. I'm trying to get free ever since. Now, suppose you tell me your side of the story, young man. Well, it's short but interesting. Captain Maddox, the man on the bridge of this ship has fooled the crew into thinking he's you. What? Just as he fooled us. Well, I'll be... Well, why would he do that? Who is he? Well, we don't know, but it looks like there's a plot afoot to seize the ship and the professor's bathysphere, Captain. Now, that's policy, young fellow. Where is that masquerading devil? Let me get my hands on him. Well, he must be on the bridge. Professor Thorpe, you got to throw him an iron. Come on. I'm right with you, Captain. So am I. Let's go. The three men race up the companionway stairs to the deck. Another scene is being enacted in the radio cabin, where Sparks and Wolf Cleveland, who is the masquerading as Captain Maddox, are plotting together. Listen. You see here, Wolf. What do we do now that the professor and his pals are on board? Only one thing we'll do. We'll have to get rid of them. Sure, but how? Don't worry. I'll find a way. There's too much money at stake to let go of it now. You bet. But we'll have to work fast. Yeah. I find Maddox down in the hole and tip off the crew as sunk. Say, maybe we ought to radio Escobar. Ask him what to do. He was going to call us, wasn't he? Well, he hasn't called yet. I've been at this machine all day and there hasn't even been a chirp out of it. Wait a minute. Somebody's calling. It sounds like Escobar. I'll give him the go ahead. SS1 Needle answering. Come in, please. SS1 Needle answering. Come in, please. Hello, Spark. Escobar. Everything under control? Come in. We got the ship, Pete, but Thorpe just came on board. What do we do? Come in. What went wrong? Come in. He flew out after us. We took care of his plane, but the guy with him got up on deck. 
He fell for Wolf's telegram story, but he might get wise later on. Come in. Send Wolf to put him out of the way. Fortunately. Get rid of him. For good. That's all for the present. I'll call you back later with more instructions. Signing off. Boy, Pete sounded funny sore. Yeah, I heard him. Well, we'll have to go to work. You got your gun handy? Yeah. Holy smokes, look who's on deck. The professor and his pal. Meta, what do we do? Listen, they're coming after us, so let them come. As soon as they get inside, put your gun on them. Quiet. There they are, the rats. Come on, Kent, grab them. Look out, Captain. The radio operator has a gun. Stand back, you guys. Get your hands up or I'll shout. No, you won't. Oh, Look out, Kent. Kent, are you hurt? No, I'm okay. This man seems to have shot him. Oh, leave him be. Give me a hand. Give me a hand. I got him. I got him. You don't have a chance. I'll say you're both dead. Oh, yes. Stop it, I tell you. Stop it, Gordon Kent. You do, Captain Maddox. I'll handle this man myself. Pretty brave with that gun, ain't you, Professor? Yes, and I'll shoot you down like a dog if you try anything. Keep your hands up and get your back against the wall. Okay. Okay. Well, nice work, Professor. How did you get the gun? I passed into my cabin when I saw the fight start. I thought a gun might come in handy. Kent, what happened to the radio operator? Well, his, his revolver went off while I was wrestling with him. One of the bullets must have gone the wrong way. Well, let me have a look at him. Oh, Professor. Well, he's badly wounded. You'll need immediate attention. Get somebody to carry him to a cabin and dress his wounds. Hey, Professor. Kent, look here. What is it, Captain? It's tattooing on Spark's chest. It's an odd pattern. Hey, look at it. Why, it's shaped like an octopus. Uh, it looks more like a map to me. Captain Nutty, did you say there's a map tattooed on that radio operator's chest in the form of an octopus? Yes. See for yourself, Professor. No. No, I, uh, I'd rather not. Kent, yes? Kent, op- open this other man's shirt and see, see if there's the same tattooing on him. Well, Professor, what's the matter? You look upset. Hey, Kent, do as I say. No, you don't. You'll get your hands off me. Now, hold still. You remember, I've still got this gun. Go ahead, Kent. Okay. Well, well Kent, what do you find? Well, you guessed right, Professor. The same identical tattooing. Uh, Both of them with the same map and the shape of an octopus. What does it mean, Professor? Take the bandages off his head and face. Yes, let's see what he looks like. Hold on, you guys. I'll pull him off myself. Huh. Well, Maddox... Surprised? It's Will Cleveland. Guess you never know how much we resemble each other, did you, Maddox? Do you know this man, Maddox? Know him? There isn't a man who ever sailed the Caribbean Sea that don't know him. He's one of the worst crooks that ever polluted these waters. No, we're getting somewhere. Cleveland, what's the meaning of these tattooed maps? Why were you and the radio man trying to seize the ship? That's my business, brother. You better talk now, Cleveland, for your own good. Piracy on the high seas carries a stiff penalty. Well, if you really want to know, ask Professor Thorpe. He can tell you. He has a mind to... Professor Thorpe. Professor, is this man telling the truth? Do you know why your ship was stolen? What these maps mean? Yes. I think I do now, Kent. Oh, for heaven's sake, tell us. What's this all about? Kent, I have a confession to make. You may as well know the truth now. I've been sailing under false colors. Really? Just a moment, Professor. The radio. Someone's calling us. Here. Here's the switch. Let me take that, Captain. S.S. Juanita answering. S.S. Juanita. This is the S.S. Juanita. Come in, please. Hello, it's Bart. Yes, Bart speaking. Have you taken care of Thorpe and the other one? Come in. What, what do you mean? Throw the switch. Tell him, yes. Ask him what to do now. Yes, we took care of them. What do we do now? Listen, Captain. Here are the new instructions for you and Cleo. 
Everything depends on how you carry them out. Take a careful note what I do. Mystery, dark and foreboding, hangs like a cloud over the Juanita. What is the meaning of the strange octopus-shaped map tattooed on the chest of Wolf Cleveland and the radio operator? And what connection have they with Pete Escobar, leader of the pirate gang? How much does Professor Thorpe know, and how much is he hiding behind a cloak of frightened silence? Tune in next time and follow the thrilling story of adventure on the high seas with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Now, Superman, valiant, courageous fighter for truth and justice, who has come from the planet Krypton with a physical structure never before attained by mortal man. Superman, who can bend steel in his bare hands, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who mingles with ordinary men disguised as Clark Kent, newspaper reporter. When we last saw Kent, he and Professor Thorpe, noted scientist and inventor of the bathysphere, a new deep-sea diving bell, had regained possession of the Juanita, the professor's ship, by overpowering a man named Wolf Cleland, who was masquerading as the ship's captain, and by rescuing Maddox, the real captain, from the hold. As our story continues today, Kent, Professor Thorpe, and Captain Maddox are in the radio room aboard the Juanita. Suddenly a light on the control panel blinks and a signal comes out of the loudspeaker. Listen. Juanita. 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 Come in. Pull the switch, Kent. Answer him. Help Juanita answering. Come in. Bart, this is Escobar. Now, this is close. Tell the leader to bring the Juanita to port at Maneo. Immediately. I want you both to meet me at the Paradise Cafe and the waterfront. You got that? Come in. Yes, I got it. Is that all? That is all right now. Cleveland is to anchor the ship in a quiet section of the harbor, where we'll be seen. You get the rest of my orders when I see him at the cafe. Just don't make any more mistakes. Signing off. Ah. What do you think of that, Professor? How do you know what to say, Ken? Who is this Escobar person? I know him, Professor. You do, Captain? Well, who is he, Maddox? Well, I don't know him to speak to, but I've seen him. He hangs out at Wolf Cleveland. And he's down in that. By the way, where is Cleveland? What? Are you here a moment? Ken, Captain, he's escaped. Oh, no, he hasn't. I am thrown into irons. Professor, are you sure you don't know why Cleland and Escobar are after your ship? No, Kent, I I don't. A little while ago, you mentioned that you had a confession to make. You said it would clear up this mystery. Yes, I said that, but I was wrong. That confession is a private matter. I'd rather not talk about it now. I see. Well, and we're just as much in the dark about all this as we were before. I'm afraid so. Wait. I've got an idea. What? He's taking a chance, but it might work. 
And if it does, we'll get to the bottom of this mess. What do you think? Look here. Cleland was able to masquerade successfully as Captain Maddox, but only a bandage covering part of his face. He fooled you and the crew. Yes, that's true. Well, then, what's to prevent Captain Maddox from masquerading as Cleland? Me thought it did. Sure. Oh, that don't make sense. Oh, yes, it does, Captain. You and Cleland look very much alike. Well, we'll bandage up your face, and you and I will keep that appointment with Pete Escobar at the Paradise Cafe tonight. Oh, good girl. Splendid idea, Kent. Will you do it, Captain Maddox? Well, it's against a better judgment. But Kent will work in a row. If we don't stop that pirate now, we won't have a minute's peace when you reach San Monacan. Good. Thank you, Matt. That's the spirit, Captain. Now you better call the engine room and order full speed ahead. Yes, sir. How much time left? We're going to keep that date. Hello, Higgins. Higgins. Captain Maddox speaking. Full speed ahead. Pile on all the steam to carry. We're heading due west to Manail, and we've got to get there before midnight. Heavy cigarette smoke will help. Hello, Cleveland. You getting along? Well, I just arrived, Pete. You got your face covered with that bandage, eh? Yeah. It'll make you look like mother. Say, who's this smoke you got with you? Clark Kent, my man. What'd you bring him along for, Wolf? Well, uh, I just. It's this way, Escobar. I'd like to join your outfit. Yeah, he's a handy sort of guy, Pete. I thought we could use him. What's your trade? Well, I, uh, I'm a deep sea diver. Oh, deep sea diver, eh? Maybe we can use you. Come in the back room. We can talk better than fry. Good uncle. You are off Thorpe's boat, you want it, eh? Yes. You know anything about that deep sea diving belly the battlefield? For sure. That's why he hired me. I operate it. Oh. Perfect, Cleveland. Just the man we're looking for. You're working for me now, Kent. Okay. What's the job? What are you going to do with Thorpe's battlefield? Didn't you tell this guy what's on the fire, Cleveland? No, I didn't tell him a thing. Well, Kent, we're after gold. What? Two million dollars. Laying down at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, two million dollars? Yes, sir. And that's where you and Thorpe's battlefield come in. But we let that go until later. Where'd you leave the ship, Cleveland? About a quarter mile offshore, just like you said. Good. Now listen. I got 20 guys out there in the bar. We stop a smoke like a fire. As soon as we finish up here, we go out to the harbor and take over the one-eater, lock, stock, and barrel. How are you going to take 20 men out to the ship? I got a big speedboat tied up at the pier. Well, what about the ship's crew? What are we doing? Dead men don't talk, Cleveland. We'll take them off guard and tie them up. When we get out to sea, we'll start them overboard. Hmm. Incidentally, what did you do with us? Uh, all we finished, him. He won't bother us anymore. Here, that is clear. Oh, wait a second. I'll go myself. Kent, look who's at the door. Cleveland. Yeah. He escaped from the ship. Yes, yeah, he's telling us about who we are. So, Captain Martin. Yeah, what's up? Lined up with something over and speed Escobar, right? Eh? Well, look here, Escobar. Shut up. I'm going to get my boys and let them waltz over you. Kent, they've got this. A gang of his will be here in a minute. Yeah, but what do we do, Kent? They'll kill us. They'll tear us to pieces. Get over by the door. I'm going to smash the electric light. The darkness will cause confusion when they get in here. All right, Kent, hurry. Now then. Now that you can't see me, 
I find Superman discharged here. I hate to do it, but I'll have to knock Maddox unconscious in order to take him out of here with me. I'll wait for the gang to get in and time the punch so he won't know who hit him. Yes, here they come. Okay, boys. Get in there. And mess him up good. Spark him. They're in. This is my chance. You can't help. Help. That's it. Knock Maddox cold. Now to swing him over my shoulder and get out while these thugs flounder around in the darkness. No use fighting my way past this mob. I'll smash through the wall. Here we go. Hey, we're through. And there's the harbor below me. Now, back to the ship. Up, up, and away! Red cloak streaming in the wind, Superman rockets through the night. Out across the narrow harbor to where the money to ride at anchor like a ghost ship in the moonlight. Swiftly, Superman sneaks down and lands on the deck. Down, down to the deck of the ship. Down. Captain Maddox, how do you feel? Oh, pretty shaky, Kent. What happened? How'd you get me back to the ship? Well, after you were slugged, I managed to get hold of you and, and pull you out and... Out of that room full of killies? Well, yes, it wasn't as difficult as it sounds. Mm. They were fighting each other in the dark, and I just slipped through them. Yes, Captain Maddox, pull you back. Can you escape? Yes, we know, Professor. He's at the cafe. We just got out by the skin of our teeth. Can't hurt me, sir, Professor. The scheme works. You... You learned why Escobar and Kaylin want my ship? It's not the ship, Professor. It's the bathysphere, the deep-sea diving bell. They need it to go down after sunken gold. Sunken gold? Yes. Funny, but I suspected that. You suspected it? But how? I might as well confess now, Kent. I'm going after that gold myself. You're what? Oh, Yes. That was the confession that I couldn't make before. I couldn't make it until I was certain Escobar was after the same thing. But, Professor... I thought this expedition, the bathysphere, was to do research on marine life, strange fish. No, that's very false, Kent. I made it up to avoid the publicity that would follow if people learned that, that I was after millions in gold. Where did this gold lay, Professor Kent? At the bottom of Octopus Bay, 300 feet below the surface. I suspected that Keelan knew about the treasure the moment I saw that tattooed map on his chest. But I had to be certain. But, Professor... It doesn't seem possible that, that you're just a fortune hunter. Oh, I'm not. Believe me, Kent, I'm not. When I tell you why I need that gold, you'll understand me better. I discovered it's a sunken Spanish gold ship 30 years ago. But how could you? She's down that deep. That time I was younger, Captain. One day I went down in a diving suit after tropical fish. I descended further than I'd ever gone before. And I saw the hull of the ship beneath me. But it was impossible to stand the pressure. So I returned to the surface. Oh, then you can't be sure the gold is actually on board. Yes, Kent, it is. I investigated. I read ancient manuscripts until I came across one that told of the sinking of the galleon La Quinta in Octopus Bay near the island of San Monicum during the year 1786. She carried over two million dollars in gold, and not one penny of it was ever recovered. I see. But you said you had a reason for needing the gold. To build a laboratory, Kent. The greatest scientific institution ever created. A place where scientists could work for the betterment of mankind, unworried by any sort of financing. That's been my life's dream. And with the gold from that treasure ship, I could make that dream come true. Professor, is that what you wanted for? I'm with you. Yes, and so am I. Thanks. Both of you. I knew I could depend on you. That sound can't off in the darkness. What is it? 
Sounds like a speedboat coming this way. It's a launch, Kent. Jet, have our port bow. A launch? Professor, it's Pete Escobar and his gang. Yeah. They're coming to take over the ship. No. That's Escobar, all right. What do we do? We're well, too close. We try to get away. I know it. Oh, we're lost. They're kid, every one of us. Kent! Kent! Sunken gold, a $2 million treasure at the bottom of Octopus Bay. Will Escobar and his thugs capture the Juanita and the precious bathysphere, the only diving bell able to descend to a depth of 300 feet? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow this exciting story of adventure on the high seas with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Now Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, valiant fighter for truth and justice, who came to us from the planet Krypton and who walked about among ordinary men disguised as mild Clark Kent, star reporter. As you remember, Kent and Professor Thorpe have been engaged in a fierce struggle with Pete Escobar and his gang of Caribbean pirates over a $2 million treasure that lies in a sunken Spanish gold ship at the bottom of Octopus Bay. To reach the treasure, Professor Thorpe invented his marvelous diving bell, the bathysphere, and Pete Escobar had made several attempts to seize it in order to reach the fabulous treasure, only to be foiled each time by Superman. But as our story continues today, we find Escobar striking again. Kent, Professor Thorpe, and Captain Maddox, skipper of Thorpe's boat to Juanita, are standing on deck watching a fast speedboat loom out of the darkness. On board is Escobar's waterfront gang, armed to the teeth with revolvers and machine guns. What chance have brought Kent and his friends? Listen. Captain, Captain Maddox. Can't we get a steam and escape? Not a chance, Professor Thorpe. That speedboat's too fast. She does 20 knots to our cannon. Oh, my life's worth thrown away. Kent is there something we can do. Wait, I've got it, Professor. That small cannon came and fired at us. We can hold them off for that. Yes, yes, the cannon. I'll go with you, Kent. All right. No, no, you stay here, Professor. I'll get one of the crew to help me. Very well, but hurry up, Kent. Oh, there. I'm out of sight behind the wheel, right? And Clark Kent made a quick change to Superman. Not a moment to lose. I'll have to get to Escobar and his speedboat before he reaches the Juanita. Up, up, and away! Faster, faster! Escobar will start shooting soon. Lives mean nothing to him. He wants Thorpe's diving boat. Ah, there's the speedboat directly below and in front of me. Good thing they can't see me in the dark. I'll dive into the water. Down, down! I'll wait here underwater until the speedboat comes along. Ah, there it is. Now, up we go, right into the... 
Ah, that did it. Smash the bow of the boat and capsize it. Dump them all into the water. Now, back to the Juanita. Up, up, and away! There we are. Now, if I can find Professor Thorpe. Kent, Kent, where have you been? Hi, all over the boat, Professor. I looked high and low for that cannon, but I couldn't find it. Well, fortunately, we don't need it now, Kent. You don't need it? No. Something miraculous has happened. Look out there where you last saw the speedboat. Why, it's overturned. Yes. Stove in. Escobar and his thugs are in the water clean to the wreckage. Yes. It was a miracle, Kent. Nothing but a miracle. Just where I thought all was lost, their boat seemed to leap into the air. It turned turtle and threw them all into the sea. Well, how do you suppose it happened, Professor? I don't know, Kent. The boat must have struck with a bird's job. Oh, rather lucky for us, wasn't it? Yes. What are we going to do about those men? Leave them there. They won't drown. They won't get anything worse than a good soaking. But shouldn't we capture them, take them to the nearest port, and have them locked up? Oh, it might be dangerous fooling with them in the dark. And besides, I can't afford any publicity. If I press charges against Escobar, the story of the something gold might come out. Oh, then we're better off leaving them where they are. Exactly, Ken. Team is up, Professor Thorpe. All ready to weigh anchor. Very well, Captain Maddox. Now, get the ship underway. I want to take advantage of every second that Escobar and his men are held up. We must reach Octopus Bay and the treasure without a moment's delay. Aye, aye, sir. We'll set a course for Octopus Bay and a forced draft. All right, deck watch. Weigh anchor. Aye, aye, sir. Yes, Mr. Kent. I was wondering, why do they call this body of water Octopus Bay? It's a name the natives gave it, Mr. Kent. Oh? Waters hereabouts are full of the slimy creatures. Say, in that case, isn't it a bit dangerous to send a diver down here? It's dangerous, all right. But it's the only way we can locate and recover the gold. What if the gold is 300 feet down? How can a diver withstand such terrific pressure? Professor Thorpe took care of that. Invented an improved type of diving suit for glazing. To be able to alternate. Work ten minutes and rest ten minutes in the bathosphere. Yes, Captain Maddox. I have it. I have it. Have what, Professor? I figured out the exact location of the gold ship. What? Huh? Captain Maddox, look at this geodetic chalk. Yes, sir. Now draw a straight line from the very end of that point of land on our left to this spot I marked on the chart. Now, do you follow me? Yes, sir. Go on, Professor. Now, measure in on that line exactly 100 yards. Uh, got it. By my calculations, the Spanish gold ship should be on the ocean bed precisely at that point. Well, say, that, that's just about where we're anchored now, isn't it? Oh, yes. The one is almost directly above that spot, sir. Excellent, Captain. Now, is the bathosphere ready to be launched? All ready, sir. Swung out over the side, prepared for submersion. Then we start working immediately. I'm going to confer with the diver. Get the oxygen pump started. I'll be right back. Gosh, i never seen Professor Thorpe so excited. Well, there's two million dollars in gold at stake here, Mr. Kemp. I'm a little excited myself. I'll phone and get that pump started. Hello. Hello, Connolly. Start the oxygen pump. Mr. Kemp, here, let me have that chart, please. Oh, yes. Here it is, Captain. Thank you. Mm. Fifty fathoms deep here. Three hundred feet. Yeah, that's a lot of water, isn't it? It's too much for my peace of mind. Seeing as how the octopus always lives in deep water. Yes, Captain Dunn. Professor Thorpe and Gleason, the diver, are over the bathosphere. Come on, Captain. Uh, is everything ready? Yes, sir. Oxygen pump is working. Should have built up enough pressure by now. Very good, Captain. Now, you stay here on deck and supervise the lowering and lifting of the bathosphere. I'll go down with Gleason. Aye, aye, sir. Oh, say, hold on. What about me, Professor Thorpe? You remain on deck with Maddox. What? Help him with the airline. Oh, now look, Professor, I want to go down with you. Oh, I'm sorry, Kent. It's not advisable. There may be danger. I'm not afraid, Professor. I wouldn't miss a trip to the bottom of the ocean for anything. I'm sorry, Kent, but it's out of the question. But, Professor, I've got to go with you. 
You know, Editor, White assigned me to cover the operation of your bathosphere. I've got to get a story on the submersion. Mm, story, eh? Yes. Well, come along, then. Right through the steel door. I'll carry White and you a great deal. Oh, thanks, Professor. Thanks. Oh, uh, one last thing, Captain Maddox. Thank you. We'll test the speaking tube in the airline at 50 feet. Yes, sir. I'll be standing by for your call. Good luck. Thanks, thanks, thanks Captain. All right. Let her go. Into the murky green waters of Octopus Bay sinks Professor Torp's bathysphere. When the huge steel ball reaches 50 feet, it stops with a shudder and floats for a moment like a giant bubble. At the telephone, Thorpe signals the Juanita, riding at anchor above. Hello? Hello, Captain Merrick? Right here, Professor Thorpe. I can hear you perfectly. How's your air supply, sir? It's perfect, Captain. All your meters registering correctly? Everything okay up here, sir? Good. Pay out the cables, Captain. We're going on down to the bottom. Slowly. Down, down through the eternal darkness. Further than man has ever gone before. 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet. Down into the inky dwelling place of the killer shark, the deadly octopus, and countless unnamed creatures of the deep. Gently, the huge bell settles on the bottom. In his diving suit, Gleason emerges from the bathysphere in search of the age old Spanish treasure ship, leaving Canton Professor Thorpe to close the steel safety doors behind him. Professor, would you mind explaining how that safety chamber works? Just a moment, then. As soon as Grayson leaves the outer door in his diving suit. Okay. But how will you know when he does? The green light on the control panel will flash. There it is. He's outside now. Oh. Well, didn't the water rush into the chamber when he opened the outer door? Of course, Ken. But I took that into consideration when I designed the bathysphere. I see. <laughs> Seems a, a bit stuffy in here. Yes, it does. But uh, about the safety chamber, Professor. Well, as you know, the chamber has an inner and outer door. Both of them strong enough to withstand tremendous pressure. Right now, the space between them is filled with water. Yes. But when I press this white button on the panel, compressed air forces the water out of the chamber and closes the outer door at the same time. Okay. Listen. Professor Thorpe, it's amazing. Hey, what, what did you say, Kent? I said your, your diving bell is a, oh, it's a marvelous invention. I'm glad you like it, Kent. But my, <coughs> my throat seems dry. Hand me the water bottle, please. Professor, is anything wrong? It must, must be the air. My, it's heavy. My throat feels dry and hot. Yes, it, it is going hot. Here, have a drink. Kent, Kent. Take a look at the oxygen gauge on the panel. Quick, where's the needle? The needle? I, it's on the red side. The air is hot. What? No oxygen. Call Maddox. He will trap. Stand by. Scott, he's collapsed. I'm going to turn him over and loosen his collar. Stand. Professor. Professor Thorpe. Professor, don't you hear me? Heavens, he's unconscious. Air. Must have gotten him. I'd like to call Maddox and tell him to bring the diving bell to the surface. Hello. Hello, Captain Maddox. Clark Kent calling. Oh, here there's no answer. Hello. Captain Maddox. Captain Maddox. Hmm? 
I don't hear any sound at all through this tube. I've got to reach him. I've got to get Thorpe up to the surface before this foul air kills him. He's been bothering me. Maddox. Captain Maddox. Hello. Hello, Captain. The grim tragedy reaches its cold tentacles into the dark water at the bottom of Octopus Bay. What happened to the precious life-giving airline? And why has Kent been unable to reach Captain Maddox through the speaking tube? Has the line been fouled by some marauding monster of the deep? How will Kent, even a Superman, save Professor Thorpe and Gleason the diver? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!